What's up, Hoop Ball Nation? It's Brandon Marcus from the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. We're chatting about an exciting time in Clipperland with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George looking to lead the team to an NBA title. Tune in to hear guests ranging from TV voice Brian Seaman and radio voice Noah Eagle to various beat writers and team bloggers. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Hoop Ball Clips and follow me at BD Marcus. Looking forward to having you tune in. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for betting tips. They always ask, who you got, Lakers or Clippers, Rodgers or Mahomes? And I'll tell you what I tell them, where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell people to bet with my bookie. My bookie's rep is rock solid and they've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. They're the only place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets. The one sportsbook guaranteed to give me the best lines for the World Series and the opening week of college football, which, by the way, is not that far away. You know me, and you know that I don't give out my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do, and my bookie is the best sportsbook out there, period. It's simple. Sign up and a promo code HOOPBALL and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Head over to mybookie.com if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. Now, on with the show. The following is a HOOPBALL presentation. What is up, Bulls fans? Welcome to the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast. It is draft night. And look, I know I've been gone for quite a long time, but the reason being is that there really wasn't a whole lot of Bulls news. The Bulls didn't make the playoffs. After the NBA draft lottery, I considered doing a show, but when the Bulls came up in the eighth position, You knew they were losing their pick to the Orlando Magic, so it really wasn't worth talking about the fact that the Bulls weren't going to have a first-round pick in this year's draft. And after the Kobe White injury, it was pretty hard to justify talking about anything other than Zach Levine playing in the Olympics, which, you know, good for Zach Levine. It might be an opportunity for him to recruit players towards next year's free agency class or even this year's free agency class if the Bulls are able to create some cap space. But there really wasn't a whole lot of Bulls news to talk about until tonight when the Chicago Bulls decided to draft a position of need, point guard, and draft somebody that is from the city of Chicago. It is somewhat, in terms of the city connection, like the Bulls picking Derrick Rose all over again. But everybody in the city of Chicago knows who Io DeSumo is because he spent three years as the point guard at the University of Illinois. He was taken in the second round, 38th overall pick, by the Chicago Bulls. Io DeSumo is somebody that is a game changer, a guy that I believed had a chance to win the Naismith Award this year. He won the Bob Cousy Award, which is given out to the nation's top point guard. He's a two-time first-team All-Big Ten honoree by the media, 2020 and 2021, and a one-time All-Big Ten first-team by the coaches. He was second-team All-Big Ten by the coaches in 2020, and he was part of the Big Ten All-Freshman team in 2019. Io DeSumo is a guy that is a game-changer on the court. He's got a shiftiness about him. He's a playmaker. He can distribute the ball, and he can drive the ball. He's got really good court awareness to him as well, and he is somebody that is a legit 
number one point guard. I believe that Io DeSumo is a first-round talent. There's a lot of quote-unquote experts out there that probably don't agree considering that he went in the second round and a lot of people had him as a consensus second-round pick. But that doesn't take away from the fact that collegiate success makes a big difference in transitioning your game to the NBA. When you look at the first round, take a look at the experience factor. And I understand that experience factor isn't a big deal anymore because the most talented players are not trying to play three years of college ball. They're trying to be first round NBA picks after one year. Look at the guys that are in the first round. How many of them played more than one year of collegiate basketball? Cade Cunningham, one. Jalen Green, didn't play. Evan Mobley, one. Scotty Barnes, one. Jalen Suggs, one. Josh Giddy, overseas player. Jonathan Kaminga, didn't play. Franz Wagner, one. Davion Mitchell. That's where you get a guy that actually played more than one year of collegiate basketball. And Davion Mitchell was a four-year guy. Played two years at Auburn and then played two years at Baylor. So Io DeSumo is somebody that has a lot of collegiate playing experience and somebody that could potentially start right away. This year with the Fighting Illini, he averaged 20.1 points per game, 5.3 assists per game, averaged a little over a steal per game, and had 6.3 boards per game. His stats improved every year in college. His points went from 13.8 to 16.6 to 20.1. His assists stayed the same freshman to sophomore year, both at 3.3, but then up a full two assists per game in 2020-21, and his rebounds per game went from 4.0 to 4.3 to 6.3. His steals per game went down from freshman to sophomore, but increased from sophomore to junior. And he's somebody that can play a lot of minutes. He averaged 35 minutes per game this year. A lot of people will question how he was used in that second round game that Illinois lost to Loyola Chicago in the NCAA tournament, but there's no denying that Io DeSumo won the Fighting Illini a bunch of games. He single-handedly led them on a comeback against the Nebraska Cornhuskers earlier in the year. I believe they were down something like 20 points with about five minutes left. It was double digits, but Io DeSumo, basically on his own, led them all the way back. And you don't win the Bob Cousy Award for being a slouch at point guard. So the fact that the Bulls, in my opinion, were able to get a first-round talent with their lone pick in this draft says a lot about the ability of Arturis Karnishevis to be able to scout and to understand what best fits the system that Billy Donovan is trying to implement. And we have talked about it on this show, granted not as frequently as we normally do, but we have talked about on this show the need for a true number one. And what I mean by a true number one, I mean a point guard. Because at this point, Kobe White is a combo guard. I wanted to believe that he could be a number one point guard. But I honestly haven't seen it in his two years in a Bulls uniform. And Tomas Sadoransky, more than likely, if he stays around, will be this team's starting point guard to begin next year. But Io DeSumo? 
He has the opportunity to prove all of the haters wrong and show that he is a capable number one point guard in this league. And I truly do believe that Io DeSumo will develop into a regular NBA rotation guy. Is he going to end up being a superstar? No. Is he going to be a foundational piece that you can build around? 100% yes. So your ideal starting lineup, when everybody is healthy next year, and basically this is the lineup that you have of guys that you think will be on this team beyond the 2021-22 season, is a three-guard lineup of Zach Levine, Kobe White, Nio DeSumo, Patrick Williams, and Nikola Vucevic. The Bulls also made news during our hiatus of signing Marco Seminovic, the second-round pick from Montenegro that they drafted last year and kept stashed over in Europe for a year. He has a chance to play a decent amount of minutes this year. He's a post player, six foot eleven inches, and he's only two hundred and twenty pounds. So he's somewhat of a twig for being six eleven, but. If he ends up making the Bulls roster, he has an opportunity to play some significant minutes as a backup either at the four or at the five. Now, the Bulls have some work to do in free agency. Now, they don't necessarily have a lot of salary cap space in order to do so. They haven't decided yet what they're going to do with Thad Young. They probably don't have the type of money to bring back Daniel Tice, And I'm not necessarily sure what they're going to do in terms of upgrading the guard position. They would like to bring Troy Brown Jr. back. They really liked what he brought to the table last year. Javante Green showed a little something. And maybe they get something out of Devon Dodson. But right now, the focus is on Io DeSumo and how he makes an impact on this team right away. And I think that he'll play a significant amount of minutes in the 2021-2022 season, unless the Bulls go out and they get another point guard. Now, from a contract perspective, this is where the Bulls stand on guys that you may or may not want to bring back. Tomas Sadoransky, $10 million. I think he's coming back. I don't think that you're going to get a point guard that will be of a lesser value for the same ability. Troy Brown Jr. is at 5.1. I think he is coming back. I don't think they want to trade him. He's under contract, so they will keep him. Ryan Archidiakono has a $3 million club option. I think that gets declined. Adios, Ryan Archidiakono. Now, here's the biggest issue that they have, and an issue that, being unfortunately an out-of-touch Bulls fan, I didn't realize that they had. Al Farouk Aminu has a $10.1 million player option for the 2021-22 season. That's an option that he is going to pick up because who in their right mind is going to give Al Farouk Aminu, a guy that barely played it all last year, was a throw-in from a trade with the Magic that brought Nikola Vucevic to the Bulls, who is going to pay a guy that last year between two teams averaged 4.4 points a game Who's going to pay that guy $10 million? The answer is nobody. Al Farouk Aminu has been in the league since 2010-2011. And he is not worth anywhere where he was at his peak. And I don't even know if he ever had a peak. He was just a good rotation guy 
that Orlando happened to give way too much money to two and a half years ago. So Al Farouk Aminu is stuck. That's a guy you can't get rid of and is going to have to be a part of your rotation next year. And that's going to prevent you from re-signing somebody like a Daniel Tice, who made $5 million last year, is an unrestricted free agent, and will probably get more than that on the open market. Garrett Temple made 4.7. Maybe they can bring him back. Denzel Valentine made 4.6. I don't think they want to bring him back, but if he wanted to come back for less than that, you add the depth, I think that that's an option. So my question is, where does Ayu Desumu fit into all of this? I think that he takes a spot on the roster occupied by a Ryan Archidiacono or a Denzel Valentine. Javante Green probably makes the roster for next year at a minimum $1.5 million. Devon Dodson and Adam Makoka probably stay on two-way contracts because I don't think the Bulls necessarily want to sign guys to two-way deals that they don't already have developed, although they'll probably sign a couple of undrafted free agents. One guy I'd love them to sign, McKinley Wright from Colorado. Now we're recording this in the middle of the second round, so there's still a chance that McKinley Wright ends up getting drafted. But my whole point in going through a general overview of what the Bulls might do come free agency is that Io DeSumo filled a need. It filled a need to a point where I don't think you have to go and overpay for Lonzo Ball. I think somebody is going to overpay for Lonzo Ball. And the reason why I say that is that everybody looks at Lonzo Ball as a relatively affordable point guard piece who wants to get out of New Orleans and who, more than likely, the Pelicans are not going to match an offer sheet for whatever Lonzo Ball ends up getting. Lonzo Ball is a good player. He's not a great player. He's improved significantly since coming to the Pelicans from the Lakers, but I don't find Lonzo Ball to be an elite player. He's not an elite scorer for a point guard. I believe, and a lot of people may call this blasphemous, but I don't care. I think that Io DeSumo could be a better offensive player in the next two years than Lonzo Ball has been to this point. If you look at Lonzo Ball's career statistics, offensively, they've improved. His field goal percentage this year was the best it's ever been at 41.4, and he averaged just under 15 points a game. The year before that with the Pelicans, 11.8 points per game and a field goal percentage of about 40.3. Let's compare that to the numbers of Io DeSumo in his years at Illinois. Now, I'm not trying to say that pro and collegiate statistics are comparable, but it just gives you an idea of what DeSumo can do. So here are those numbers in terms of field goal percentages. From freshman to junior year, 43.5, 48.4, 48.8. Here are his three-point percentages, and he's not a great three-point shooter. 35.2, 29.6, 39.0. Lonzo Ball's three-point percentages, 30.5 as a rookie, 32.9 as a second-year player, 37.5, 37.8. That was what his three-point percentage was this past year. So Lonzo is probably a better three-point shooter right now as a collective whole than Io DeSumo is, but I think DeSumo has a chance to be a much better shooter than Lonzo Ball is.
And I don't even know if this argument is really going to hold much water if more teams are interested in Lonzo Ball than the Bulls are because I don't think the Bulls can afford to pay Lonzo what he's going to end up commanding. Then there's also the issue of Lowry Markkinen, who I don't think is coming back to the Bulls, somebody that wants way more money than the Bulls are going to be able to pay him and quite frankly doesn't want to be a Bull anymore. He's tired of this organization, even with the regime change. He felt like he should be a starter. He didn't prove that he was a starter and then was still upset about not being a starter. So good riddance to you, Lowry Markkinen. If the Bulls can find a way to sign and trade him, I'd be good with that. At least get some value for him. They still have a decision to make on Thad Young. Do they want Thadjik Johnson to be back for another year, but a year in which they would have to pay him $14.1 million as a 33-going-on-34-year-old? I don't think so. And you have other priorities at this point, such as extending Zach Levine. He's a free agent after next year. Depending upon what he does this upcoming year, extending Nikola Vucevic for a few years because he's up after the 2022-23 season. As it currently stands, the Bulls only have three players under contract for the season after this upcoming one. That would be Kobe White, Patrick Williams, and Nikola Vucevic. Everybody else is a free agent. So the Bulls have a lot of work to do on their roster, not just for the upcoming season, but in seasons beyond. And that's going to require, first off, keeping Zach Levine in Chicago past the 2022 free agency period. And hopefully he gets extended before this upcoming season even starts. So that's going to do it here on the Hoopball Chicago Bulls podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for putting up with a lack of content over the past, really, three months. But we're getting into free agency. We're getting into some exciting times in regards to ramping up the basketball season. I'm excited. You should be, too. Let's go, Bulls fans. Have a great rest of your night. Welcome back home. Ayo Desumu, go Bulls! This has been a Hoop Bull presentation. Today's episode has been brought to you by Manscaped, our go-to for men's below-the-waist grooming products. Manscaped's new product alert, whoop, whoop, whoop. It's time to stop, drop, and order this brand-new shaving kit that they just launched. Introducing the Ultra Smooth Package, a specialized groin shaving kit to help you buff, protect, and smooth your most sensitive areas. I'm talking about their new Crop Shaver, Crop Exfoliator, and Crop Gel. It's time to crop that bush of yours and get right to the roots with a discount just for you. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code HOOPBALL20. What's up, Ballers? It's your host, David, here to tell you about ExpressVPN. Now, ExpressVPN is an incredible service that affords you the protection, privacy, and security while you are online that you deserve. But did you know that you can also use it to access a limitless amount of international titles from your favorite streaming platforms? That's right. Hulu, YouTube, Netflix, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but ExpressVPN is the one for you. It's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD no problem. If you visit my special link right now at expressvpn.com slash hoopball, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN completely free. Support the show. 
Watch what you want and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash hoopball.